Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I have the most amazing guest, Shadid, with us here today. Thank you, Shadid, for showing up today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Honor, privilege, and pleasure to share the airways with you and your audience. Let's go. <laughs> I love how you talk. So give us a 5,000-foot view of who you are and, and what exciting projects you're working on right now. Wow. 5,000-foot uh, over six, so, not four, just five. <laughs> yes. So, child of entrepreneurship, earliest examples are people who, let's say, worked for a living, but there was this, this family mantra of coming home and building the uh, empire. So, those were my earliest examples. So, throughout jobs, the uh, US Navy, so on and so forth, I've always looked at work in professionalism as a reconnaissance mission. So I'm, I'm going to learn in order to, to build within, working within the family was a, a way of life. Uh, everyone from grandma on down, I uh, had this mindset of keeping it within the family. It has an impact on how I do partnerships. And so family is the first business is a, a core value that I've kept throughout my life. Now, what I do is uh, focus on business development. So it's, it's really simple. If you are a business owner, especially service-based business owner, you are exchanging time for money in some way using your knowledge, skills, and abilities. What I've discovered and, and bumped my head on the wall a thousand times to realize is that when you package what you know and you share it online on this, this vast internet, wonderful things uh, can happen. And so I, I help experts, entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches, you name it, to package their skills and most importantly, do business with agencies, universities, corporations through the magic that we call uh, content licensing. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> wow, he got quite the nutshell to unpack there because I already have like eight questions for you. But let's start with kind of what's going on for you right now. And so are you helping people to create their content licensing or what's the? Well, it most of my clients are experts. So people who have uh, gone through the, the ringer of learning, let's say acquiring knowledge through years of work at a company or taking, let's say, the driver's seat in their career and becoming self-employed. The frustration they go through is that they have the knowledge. So they're watching their peers who may be less talented, a lot younger, uh, finding ways to leverage their influence to build a big audience, monetize, and they wonder, why not me? So what I do is I help them make their content become license ready. So just think of this long scroll of a checklist that uh, let's say entrepreneurs and experts have to go through in order to make sure that their content is uh, professional enough and that can have a, a wide uh, definition in order to be seen and uh, acquired or purchased by a, a company. So where intellectual property attorney, you can pay them 
and have them shop your content, your course, your signature program to a company, there's oftentimes this back and forth discussion of, well, module two needs to have, let's say, our specific branding. And let's say if you pay an attorney for that particular, at their rate, their retainer, that's going to be way too high for the, the content delivery piece of it. So I partner with intellectual property attorneys to help it become, to develop that content from A to Z. Nice. And guys, I think you're starting to understand how brilliant Shadid is, and we are going to break this down so that it's in super simple terms so that you understand what your A's and B's are. But first of all, I want you to understand um, a little bit of Shadid's background because guy's brilliant and he has a fantastic background. So give us a little bit of kind of how you got into this in the first place. Whoa, well, once upon a time, years ago, years <laughs> yeah. ago, I was a United States Navy sailor. And so just picture being in the middle of the ocean on a warship. And so within this environment, just think about your office for a section, picture your office. So you may have a laptop, you may have, let's say, staplers, you may have, you know, um, hand sanitizer, you may have numerous things on your desk at this time. And on your desk, each piece of equipment or tool that you have to use, you have to be certified or have a certain level of readiness in order to use it. So in the U.S. Navy within a work center, there are uh, different maintenance certifications that you have to pass in order to be qualified to use that equipment. Now, at this time, the system that we use, air quotes, that we use to manage that particular um, certification was literally a sheet of paper with a two-hole punch at the top and on the wall. So it wasn't software. So our system to maintain our readiness, which everyone has to use, was sorely outdated. Now we're going into a wartime situation. At this time, 9-11 just uh, took place and we were the first responders on the oldest aircraft carrier in the fleet to respond to it. So on the oldest aircraft carrier, things tend to break. And so we had, let's say, an unknown readiness. We're going into an unknown dangerous situation, and we don't know if our equipment works. So we had a situation where we received funding for a software package that no one knew how to use. And so I took the initiative. We all work 16-hour days out to sea. So after work, after the 16-hour shift, started to learn this software package to track and, and tag our inventory. So once I learned, I also added on a method for our sailors to learn quickly. So it was a training package along with the software. Now, I'm in Combat Systems First Division. There are 10 total divisions, which totals up to 2,000 people. And so once... The other nine supervisors of Combat System 2 through 10 learned what we were doing in CS1. They said, wait a minute, what, how are they able to get their numbers up to, uh, let's say, specs or passing? And so this was my first experience with licensing because my supervisor says, well, uh, Elaser, everyone goes by their last name. So Elaser, uh, figured out this way to do this and you need to talk to him. So we packaged up the software and the training method and I trained the trainers. So the supervisors 
and leaders of combat systems two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. And then their numbers started to go up. And so in the Navy, they do not create new positions. So at this time, the work that was being done was considered revolutionary. And so they created a new position for me to manage the training and certification of all 10 divisions. I was in early 20s at the time, and many of my counterparts were much older, much more seasoned, but this was a time of necessity. This was wartime. And so it led for us to have complete readiness, and I earned a uh, Navy Achievement Medal, or what they call a NAM, as a result of this effort. So that was my first experience with packaging content, knowledge, training, and giving permission, which we now know as content licensing. Back then, it was we need to figure out a solution to the problem. But as we go deeper into the discussion, we'll be able to understand how you, the listener, can also do the same. That is awesome. Uh, love hearing you. Sorry. So let's get back into that into that licensing concept and um, what would be the relevance to somebody? So somebody's a coach or a speaker and they're coming up with all this content, they're going on stage, they're like, no, that's how I make money. I go on stage and I, I speak and I deliver and, and I sell high-end content at the end and people buy it. Okay, now what? Well, Michelle, let's get practical for a second. So <laughs> time. Time is non-refundable and speakers, coaches, we exchange our time in many cases when we're first starting out as a speaker in smaller rooms or as a coach in a one-on-one -on -one context in order to grow to the point where we have enough leverage in order to allow the systems to do the work for us, which a high-end program is a form of system. And so if I was able to tell you that, okay, we go through the phase of one-on-one, -on -one, and one of the biggest challenges in working with human beings is getting paid on time, making sure that they have the resources or they may start out on a payment plan and um, things may go awry, life changes. If I was to tell you that the most consistent form of a time for money exchange happens to be working with the government, working with agencies, working with universities because they have a set aside budget for training, for resources, for personal development for their team, students, and employees. So in simply working with them, it solves a number of problems. Number one is credibility. So how do I separate myself within my market? So if you were to partner with Harvard, Yale University, US Army, for example, that puts your content, your intellectual property, your ability to solve problems on an entirely different level, number one, and number two, they have the resources available to pay for your services. So that takes you from a standpoint of, I'm afraid to charge what I'm worth to, wait a minute, this, this organization has a half a million dollar budget. Maybe I'm playing the game uh, a bit smaller than I should be. So that's where the birth of high ticket consulting or coaching or speaking can take place and what people don't often realize, Michelle, is that all of us have been to some form of schooling, whether high school, college, doctorate, so on and so forth. And when you attended university, your professors did not write the textbooks. They 
universities are one of the largest forms of licensing that exists and it's so lucrative that companies are actually started just to provide material training material textbooks to universities and so when you work for a company companies do not create their own material they outsource to small business america so the question you must ask yourself is if companies and universities are the largest sources of let's say outsourcing to small business america how can i connect the dots and make sure that my signature content is uh, within the running or chosen for those lucrative slots and opportunities no kidding and i can only but assume that you've just blown the mind of three quarters of my audience <laughs> I can almost guarantee that they're not thinking this way, which is totally why I wanted you on the show, because I think it's fantastic. So I'm going to go by the premise of, in the past, the average group of my peers at that time, um, going on stage, doing live events, things like that. Their big concern was, hey, how do I get a couple of JV partners and throw a couple of people in the seats so that I can you know, fill my room? This takes that to a whole new level. So my first thought is they're going to ask silly questions like, well, do I have to be a professor? Do I have to have some affiliation with universities? Do I have to have all that stuff? So we may as well get that out of the way right now. Do they? Licensing in itself is a relationship-driven business or industry. And so do I have to have a direct relationship? No. What I will say is that the easiest way to connect the dots between you and licensing opportunities is to dispel a common misconception that exists where oftentimes prospects approach me and they say, I want to get my signature course license. I want to get my 60 minute signature talk license to a university. Licensing is not something you get. Licensing is the byproduct of customer experience. So right now, within your Facebook community, your Facebook group, or your online community where your existing customers live, maybe they've signed up for your high ticket program, maybe they're within a five-day challenge, they are the people who ultimately have to go and work somewhere during the day, whether they work for clients or they work within an organization. When you deliver customer excellence to these people, they become advocates for future needs that come up. So within the Monday meeting at their company, there's going to be a discussion where we need, there's a gap for mindset training that we need to fill or our employees, the, the numbers are down, morale is low. We need confidence training, which are two industries which coaches often say, how can we license mindset, coaching, so on and so forth? And so that one person in your Facebook group who you've helped to deliver a tangible result will say, I know someone who you can talk to who has a program that I've taken and has given results that we can uh, discuss with. And that's where licensing uh, conversations begin. I've been licensing product, services, intellectual property since 2008. And when I reverse engineer how my licensing deals personally come about, it's always through great relationships that are established and customer experience that has been delivered.
love that. So in case you missed it, peeps, no, you don't have to be a university professor. You have to have clients who love what you do. <laughs> we all have that. And that's a lot easier to get than you might think. So just delivering awesome content and helping people get those results that you're looking for. So who would you say is kind of your ideal client? Who do you love to serve and support? I love to serve and support mission-oriented leaders and thinkers. These are the people who have taken the time to develop their ideas to a point or to a plateau where they know who they're serving, who they're supporting, and why they're doing it and what fulfillment it gives to them. Oftentimes, they reach a point where they want to serve a, a larger audience. And that's where licensing comes into play because you can create something once and serve multiple audiences, institutions, organizations over and over again. So best-selling authors fall into that. Also, film directors, uh, poets, speakers who are confident and have the belief that although they may not know the steps, that their content, their message, their mission deserves to be on a world-class stage. In many cases, people may have the gift but they lack the mindset. And so I have to work with them to understand that, yes, you it may have taken you one hour to come up with this concept, but the solution that it delivers in the mind and the hearts and the results of your target audience, that is priceless. And so it is world-class and you do deserve to play on this level. Nice, I love that. So let's break down this concept of licensing and how it's different from from other forms of one to many? Like, what is it exactly? When you say licensing, what do you mean by that? Who delivers content? How do you get a hold of these people to deliver it? What's going on? Well, when we talk about what licensing is, it's permission. So I've created a program, and this is a common misconception. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and create a new specialized program for each and every institution that you choose to work with. You can create a program that has 1,000 students and maybe 500 testimonials, and that company, that university wants to have permission to teach or deliver within their particular institution. So you can create a course and deliver it, achieve results, and give permission to that particular group or agency to use it. Now, how it differs from other forms, let's say a, a high ticket course, for example, is that licensing in itself can, it's the most creative form of deal making that exists, where if you are a speaker and you want to maintain speaking as, let's say, the hands-on part of your business and you want to outsource the rest, then you can license, let's say, a course that is based on your signature content, and you can negotiate and I will deliver a one-hour workshop every quarter for your organization, where most speakers, they are brought in to just speak and there's no follow-on uh, content or delivery. So you can automate your message, automate your message, automate your signature uh, transformation or delivery through licensing and allow yourself to fall into place and deliver what you love to do at specific intervals. It's all negotiable. So to break it down into layman's terms, there's going to be a licensor who is the owner of the content. 
and they've created that particular body of work for that signature program. And then there's the licensee who are the agencies, the other entrepreneurs that you may JV partner with and uh, agencies, universities who are getting permission from you. You can have permission to a Kajabi platform or a Thinkific site or a teachable site. So platform, you don't have to have a custom website in order to license. It can be licensing through email. So email can be the delivery method where you set up an autoresponder and send out messages in that way. You can license group coaching. So if you have a group coaching method that is proven to work, you can bring that particular workshop series into an organization where the employees are the target audience. So in the time of, let's say, where virtual uh, delivery is at an all-time high, virtual delivery is supported and licensed and uh, able to be monetized in this scenario. So licensor, once again, is the owner of the content. Licensee is the person or organization who is requesting permission. You can have, let's say, three-month, six-month, multi-year agreements. In a multi-year mm -hmm. agreement, you can also have, let's say, uh, review terms where at the end of the year, we can, re we can review if that particular arrangement is uh, working and calibrate to make sure that uh, you're hitting the bullseye in terms of uh, results. Nice, love that. So if somebody has like a certified program or they want to certify the program, can they still license an organization to teach an initial part of it? And then if somebody's interested, then they could become certified in it or do you give them the ability to certify it? How might that work? Ah, now uh, what people often don't realize and it's great that we, we touch on this concept is that licensing in itself or is certification is a very powerful form of licensing. So if you have a program and you want other entrepreneurs or let's say qualified uh, teachers in order to grow their business teaching your curriculum, then certification is a, a proven way to grow your business. So yes, you can create a signature program. And then from there, the next step would be to create the teacher's manual in order to have a certification program where other entrepreneurs, experts, people who have an interest in growing through your curriculum can come in, take an exam, go through some form of training and begin to grow from there. What is often recommended, what I often teach is having an ongoing series for those certified trainers to continue to learn through your methods how you approach how to teach and continue to grow from there. So again, there's often an annual uh, renewal uh, fee or some sort of arrangement for those instructors to come in, teach, learn, grow. And you can also uh, break that down into a franchise model where they're starting with the curriculum and you can give the rights to certain parts of your practice and have them so that can include PowerPoint slides that can include uh, slide libraries, certain forms of content, video content that they, which is branded by your company, that they have the permission to use and deliver in order to grow their practice, but keeping it in alignment with your message, 
your intellectual property and what makes you unique that you've protected and have them grow in that way. It's a very powerful, lucrative uh, form of growth through uh, training. I love certification programs. Nice. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories. What's one of your... Once upon a time, we have um, a lady in uh, actually um, uh, Western Canada. And in her particular case, she is a marketing guru, very well known, very talented, very um, proven. However, when we talk about doing business with uh, agencies, universities, corporations, we oftentimes run into the idea that if I charge a fellow entrepreneur for a program, I must start out on the lower end of pricing, gain some testimonials, and then raise the prices at some point in the future. So she ran into a situation where she charged a real estate firm for a training on marketing for realtors that uh, was well underpriced. And so when we started to, to work together, she had the feeling that every time she was to get on a, a, a Zoom call with this organization, that it was not as fun or the transformation wasn't as fulfilling for her because it was well underpriced, well below market. And she found out what their budget actually was for actual training, which was 10 times more than what she initially charged per person. So 10 times more per person. Uh, and she had several people within this program. So naturally, we had some work to do. So what we did was rework the, uh, the messaging, the deliverables, the quality overall of the program, because she followed a coach's advice on how to create a program. And while she followed those examples, there's a difference in creating content for a corporation and a certain professionalism that should be followed. Once we went down those steps, I will say she was uh, very coachable and uh, was excited to go down this process, was unsure at first. So on the renegotiation of that particular uh, contract or that agreement, we we're able to add in uh, specific uh, increases in the curriculum where before it was a series of videos. This time around, it was a curriculum. We had uh, testimonials of how it was delivered, the percentages, how it increased the overall realty firm's uh, bottom line. And so we came to the table playing hardball, Michelle. We were to be taken seriously in this, uh, this instance. So we were able to raise the uh, pricing per person where that was not a negotiation before, it was just a flat rate based on, of course, when you're delivering one-on-one -on -one services to clients, that's naturally what you go with. But I introduced a different form of pricing, which is per seat licensing. So you're going to gain access to this material for each of your realtors, and there must be a minimum for this training to even begin. So if you want my client to even come and deliver her form of magic, there's a minimum that you have to maintain. That minimum, Michelle, was 20 professionals. And so the numbers, it, it began to scale up exponentially. And so the result was that not only was the deal uh, 
able to change her business for the better overnight, it was the equivalent of seven of her largest engagements with one company. What ended up happening was that the results from the first quarter of that engagement led to a similar agreement with a chamber of commerce within the different uh, provinces. And so now she has three chambers of commerce that she is negotiating with, and they are providing the, uh, the introductions to the other provinces. And so it's a, a tale of two cities where she started, and now she's able to take time away from, let's say, one-on-one -on -one clients, which uh, took up a lot of her time. And now she's able to dive completely into developing this program, which also includes, as I mentioned with certification, hiring other instructors and experts to teach this curriculum that she created. And now she's sitting on the, the top of the throne as the, the queen of licensing uh, within this scenario. Very excited about the work we're doing. That is super exciting. That is awesome to hear. So do you actually help them to negotiate in the contract or are you coaching in the background or? Well, one of, any depends oh, on what you pay you. <laughs> well, it's I, I have a, a, a vested interest in anyone that I work with. And it's, it's not based on, let's say, well, if you, you pay this amount versus this amount, it's all about the result. So one of the benefits that my clients receive in working with me is that I've been a proposal writer for most of my life. And so uh, in, in terms of adult life. And so contracts and negotiations are a, a strong point for me. So when it comes to sitting down, we have sessions where we walk through what the deal is. I share what they're really trying to say versus what they've written within an email, or within a phone call. In certain cases, I'm on the, the Zoom sessions or conference calls. I may sit back as a vested uh, observer, or in some cases, I step to the forefront and I serve as the, uh, the qualified representative. Whatever it takes to make sure that my clients gain maximum traction, market share, revenue from our licensing agreements. And I feel that's what separates me from many within my space is that I'm active in creating licensing deals for myself. My work with entrepreneurs is based on the results that I've gained for myself and my companies. And that's also the fun part is the negotiation and watching the contracts come across, the proposals get signed, writing the, uh, the contracts on, on Zoom sessions and watching the numbers grow from where they were to where they deserve to be. Nice. I love that. One of the many, many reasons why I love oops, listening to you. Outside <laughs> my hands start flying and my phone starts flying all over the place. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now that they're thinking, oh my God, Sheet, I need you so badly? Well, the, the number one stumbling block is belief. And so when I message one of my clients and I say, well, your content from my review is perfect for Yale's business accelerator program. The first thing they tell themselves internally is that I don't deserve, or why would Yale want to work with me? And so the belief 
And this is the first call that I always do is it's more of a, a motivational talk to ask, do you, you have to believe that you deserve to play this game on a world-class level. And I share examples of people who are far less talented, who simply believe and follow instructions, and now they're playing at a world-class level. There's a, a curse that comes with being talented where you oftentimes don't understand the value of your talent and what you bring to the world. So that's the number one stumbling block. Next is a lack of understanding of how licensing works. They think that licensing is a process where it's the result of relationships. And so in, if someone has been delivering uh, coaching or services for 10 years, they oftentimes don't focus on the, the results they're delivering, capturing those results and making sure that there's an ongoing value delivery after the work is done. They don't focus on customer lifetime value. It's you've taken my program, you're in my Facebook group somewhere, and the hope that uh, that continues on is not structured. So one of the, the biggest things that we do is focus on the, what I call the, the core 100 students, which should be what every coach is focusing on, which is getting them through your programs, whether it's free or paid, get them through the transformational car wash so that they're on the other side, capture the results, quantify the results, and make sure that they are gaining the results and they're documenting it either through video or written testimonial. The avalanche of testimonials that comes across is what oftentimes leads to those licensing conversations beginning to happen. And finally, when we talk about uh, separating your business from your brand. And so when you have a program that has 100 core students, it should not go to your personal name slash course. It should be, you know, the transformationalcoachingprogram.com, for example. And so when you are intentional about going down a path of licensing, you should immediately separate your business from the transformational vehicle. So setting up a separate brand altogether is oftentimes what allows for people who buy content or who make licensing decisions needs to see right away. And that's the difference between being license ready and trying it yourself and having a, uh, a wishy-washy result. Oh, do not try this one on your own at home. <laughs> if you've ever watched Mythbusters, this is how this ends up in here. When you yes. try doing this at home, there's so many easy ways. And then it's to me, it's mind-boggling because I have um, kind of looked into it a little bit and it was mind-blowing right away how many things I was doing totally wrong that were blowing up my potential for success that were just super simple to be able to revive. So this is awesome. So how quickly, I think you already covered this, but how quickly could somebody scale their business through this? How quickly can someone scale their business through licensing? And right now I'm just thinking of a, a quick example. It can be as easily as one week. And Holy. for example, one week. <laughs> and so licensing isn't based on what you're attempting to do is based on the cumulative result of what you've done, who you know, and what you can deliver. So right now, 
if you're in, let's say, a BNI group or you're within a joint venture community, there's numerous people who have different projects going. And one aspect of licensing that many of us tuning into this broadcast can focus on is what I like to call peer-to-peer licensing, B2B licensing. So you have other coaches, you have other communities that you can focus on licensing with. Right now, your assignment, your homework, if you want to get this done as quickly as possible, is if you're paying a monthly fee to a joint venture community, why don't you reach out to the owner of that joint venture community and say the following, dear joint venture owner, comma, and I have a program that is perfect for your audience of coaches, people who are seeking joint venture partnerships, service-based businesses overall. Let's set up a arrangement where when someone registers either for general, uh, let's say license or membership or at an advanced tier, they get a complimentary version of my program. And so what that allows for you to do is build leads, which will ultimately lead to referrals, direct sales, so on and so forth. The joint venture community ultimately wins because now they're able to add a a value add or a bonus when someone registers for the community and they can leverage your credibility in order to do so. And so that's a win-win partnership. Also, another common, let's say, negotiation or peer-to-peer licensing arrangement is when you are on a joint venture introductory call, if someone has a signature program, again, that you know delivers results, add in that particular uh, signature program that is complementary to the, the program that you're looking to partner with as a bonus. So when you sign up for ultimatetransformationalvehicle.com, you also gain access to this particular training. The key, we've seen these examples before, but when you're intentional about it and you add your particular courses and align them with other coaches who are building their audiences, you're leveraging one of the most important concepts, which is OPA, other people's audiences. And when you're able to do that, that allows you to create leverage within warm circles that you're already a part of. And so you gain traction by simply allowing other coaching vehicles that are paying for ads, that are sending out emails, and you're hitching yourself to that particular train and going along for the ride to success. So within one week, I want you to reach out to number one, the joint venture community owner that you're paying a monthly membership to. I want you to reach out to five coaches, speakers, authors that have complementary value to what you're delivering. So if they have a certain result, if your program is to help people gain eight to 10 hours of sleep per night for peak performance, and you have a health coach within your particular uh, joint venture community or within your circle, set up a conversation, discuss what the program is about, and offer to align your program with that particular delivery, either through sign up, through purchase, uh, through upsell. There's numerous ways to accomplish this.
brilliant right there. I mean, you had six points that people just probably glazed over. One was the importance of being able to have a niche that's specific that ties into everybody else's. I mean, you guys got to go and play this over and over again because there was five in there. And if you can find them, that is awesome. And if you do your homework, I totally want you to get a hold of Steve because I know he's got some awesome goodness coming up for him. So I know that our listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you besides well, doing your homework? <laughs> first, you must uh, do your homework. So the, the easiest way to uh, have me reply with a, a huge smile is a screenshot of your homework. Let, let's put some action <laughs> in motion. And so the next way will be through starting your journey by packaging your knowledge through what I call digital assets. Digital assets allows you to package your knowledge, skills, and abilities in order to solve problems for a targeted market. You have an audience that you're looking to reach, and guess what? I have an execution plan that you can follow. It takes you step-by-step Within the execution plan, there's access to message me directly through either uh, Facebook Messenger or also through uh, Twitter direct message. And so you receive ongoing support for each of the sections that you're working through. And that is available uh, within the uh, description of the show notes. Awesome. I love that nice little Easter egg. So guys, got to go back and scroll down to the show notes and or go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and check out Shadid or look up licensing or anything like that. His name will pop up, of course, and you're going to get all of his awesome uh, gifts to you. I can't believe you had access to Shadid just for doing your homework. That is crazy awesome. We're going to have to work on this. <laughs> That sounds like way too much access right there. I'm just teasing. Um, before we go, I have to ask you, at what point did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? In the... <laughs> We've created dead air. Entrepreneurship was such a scary path for me in that I used to hyperventilate when i woke up in the morning i used to feel like there was a refrigerator on my chest every morning and so i would go to the local track and i would walk around the track until that feeling went away that was my life before making the leap now making the leap was the scariest uh decision that i made in that all along the, the, the line, I was self-employed and, and didn't realize it at certain points. And, you know, I've, I've worked within family business. So I've always had the mentality of do for self, create, build, no matter where I am, always build my own brand. But when I made the decision to jump out the window uh, full time, that was one of the scariest decisions I've ever made. And I've went to actual war. So for me, in 2012, giving myself the permission to play the game at a world-class level based on my own understanding was uh, scary. But let me tell you something. When it works, there is no better feeling in the world. And so for those of you who are going through your own 2012, and maybe you have, let's say, a coaching program on the side or Maybe the, the job that you're working is starting to act a little strange and distant and you feel a layoff is coming. 
give yourself permission to step fully into your gifts. And I promise you, if you go fully into it and you ask for help, you ask for support, and you simply listen to the signs, at some point, things will work out for the better. And as I mentioned, there's unlimited support within the uh, next step. So I took the, the oath of when someone is, is walking around a track in life and they're hyperventilating from uh, making that decision to always lend a helping hand or lend an ear or perspective to those who are going through those challenges. So you can always reach out to me to talk about that journey because there were people who helped me and in exchange, they made me promise to um, uphold that same um, support for others. So I, I'm proud to say that I've, I've stayed true to, to that oath to this day. Nice. That is awesome. And we are totally going to have to have you back on the show because I, at the beginning, it sounded like you descended from royalty. And I absolutely want to hear the whole story. It's like, I love your grandma already. And we got to talk more. This is awesome. So before we do depart on this wonderful journey, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And know your press, so I don't want to keep you past the hour. But any last words for our peeps? Similar to your uh, thumbprint, you are unique. They broke the mold when uh, you came to be. Oftentimes, we question whether our gifts, our talents, our knowledges, our setbacks, our experiences are valuable. And when you're in that mode of thinking, you're thinking about how easy it was for you to create. What you have to focus on is the impact that your creation has on the world. And when you focus on the result versus the ease that it, it's within your perspective, then the magic begins. Never underestimate the value of your gifts and always keep pushing forward because there's a big world out there that needs your gifts, needs you at your best, and your talent has an audience. It's up to you to continue to ask and show up in order to reach that audience. Nice. I love that. Love, love, love. Thank you again so much for your time. I value and appreciate it. But this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being with us here today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, or if you have any questions or topics that you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain. To register for that, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L. I look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are. So see you on the flip side.